You are not alone. That's what Jesus came to tell you. This ancient story of a scared yet hopeful mother, a savior king swaddled in a manger, noble stargazing pilgrims, lowly shepherds and glorious hosts of heaven filling the night sky to announce peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Every word is about how God longs to be with us. In the noise that we create because we're afraid of the silence, God comes with one word, love. And if you'll stop and listen, you'll hear him calling your name. He is a personal God. He became one of us to prove it. It seems like it's too good to be true. But God, who created all things, created you for love. He created you for joy. And this joy, the joy you long for, and this love, the love you struggle to receive, it's here, now, waiting. But will you let yourself hope? Will you let yourself dream? Will you let yourself wonder at the glory of God who came to dwell among us? Because God is in the business of exceeding expectations and redeeming stories. He takes small beginnings and makes them into more than we could have ever asked. That's what he did by coming as a helpless baby in a manger. And that is exactly what he promises to do with you. And this is the wonder of his love. The wonder of Christmas. If the events of last week hadn't taken place, I'd be starting my message by talking about the wonder of Christmas Day and all the joy and presence and the memories we have from childhood. But we're skipping to the end this week. We'll get to those things later on when it's more appropriate. The wonder. Appreciate the people from the sign yard sign place helping us out with our word here today. And there's so many people just to thank for this past week. Um, Ava Swiskowski is with us. Ava, you were the bright spot on Friday night. She sang. I don't know if you heard Ava sing, uh, but Ava did such a beautiful job singing. Jared Ross put out the lights, the blue and gold lights on that tree. He did such a good job. Um, appreciate him taking that for us. Uh, as a church, we were able to give money to some things, and you might be questioning, uh, why would we take our money and give it to another church? Uh, we, we gave money to um, Firmly Rooted Ministry uh, because they're there. They're right where um, uh, people were, and uh I will say as a church, uh, we're going to do better as pastors. We're, we're trying to get together and talk. The fact that we didn't know each other well uh, has always bothered me. Um, but we're talking now, 
And we're going to uh, try to get together to be ready for things like this, uh, better equipped. Uh, but Tom asked me to come down and just be there. And so I did. It was good to go and just sit at a firmly rooted cafe. And by the way, you guys are in big trouble as a church because his office is like in the coffee shop. His desk is at the coffee shop. I want to have a coffee shop and my desk in the coffee shop and just talk to people and drink coffee all day. He's got my dream job. Um, but it was fun just to be there. Um, they ask uh, to put a name tag, and they're like, what, uh, what do we put on your tag? And that's a crazy moment, because you're thinking, uh, Pastor Don, you want people to know you're a pastor, you, I can help you, but you know, I, just, I just put Don. You know? and, and, and if needed, it would have been Don from Firmly Rooted. That's okay. That's all right. So we gave money to them because they were serving people, and we served there, uh, swept their floors so people could meet there, and that's okay. It's okay. We do what we need to do. Uh, that's what God called us to do, and that's what the message is all about today. We're starting with the wonder of a promise. Christmas is about a, a promise, and we're going to talk about that promise this morning. And the wonder of Christmas, and it is filled with wonder. Some of you who put off putting up your Christmas tree, we did, and uh, now we're regretting that. We don't know if it'll ever get up before Christmas now. Um, but the Christmas time is a wonderful time. And it comes with a beautiful promise. That promise was first given in the Old Testament, and we're going to spend some time there today so you can understand uh, how it connects with us. Uh, the promise was given in Isaiah 7.14. It was given to God's people, the people of Israel, as they're in exile. Uh, hundreds of years, hundreds of years they've been with no home, separated from one another, scattered all around. From time to time, a prophet would come and encourage them, keep following God. And that was hard. Some chose to follow God. Some chose to stop following God. But all of them approached God in a similar fashion that people would approach God today. And I think we're a lot like them. Years and years and years had passed and they hadn't heard anything. But every once in a while, somebody's saying, don't quit following God. Well, who is this God and then comes one of the prophets, and he gives this promise. It's the key verse, Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. The word Emmanuel means God with us. That's so important today, and it's so important for us to know in Oxford wide community that God sent his son and he would be called Emmanuel. And I know you're saying, but they called him Jesus. Um, from the old to the new, prophets were letting them know that this child would be something different. He would be called Hashua or Jesus or Emmanuel. Names mean something. In biblical times, names were very important. So from old God sent his message that this child that would be born is going to be God with you. With you. We are looking at it from past. And so you know all of these things I'm telling you today. But you need to put yourself into the shoes of those who didn't quite understand that. How do you view God today? How do I view God today? Similar to how the people did during the time frame, well, where is he? It's been so long since we've heard from him. You want us to keep following him and obeying him, but who is he? 
they had a view of God like we have a view of God today. Perhaps you view God today as, is he the God above me? We do know that God is the God above us. He is above all things. But if that's all you know of God today, that he sits in his heavenly kingdom and he's apart from you, he's, he's far away from you, I'm sure many people in Israel felt like he was just the God above us. There's nothing wrong with revering God. Of course, the people of that day had Scripture. Jeremiah 10, 12 said, It is He who made the earth by His power, who established the world by wisdom and by His understanding stretches out the heavens. He is a God above us. In Job 26, Behold, these are but the outskirts of His ways, and how small a whisper do we hear of Him, but the thunder of His power, who can understand? And later in Job, God speaks to Job. And he says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched the measuring line across it on that where its footing set? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and the angels shouted for joy? See, the people of old knew about God above and his power and his almightiness. And we know of that today too. But if that's all you know is that God is above us, you're missing the message of Christmas, the promise of Christmas. He's more than just the God above there's a song, I'm old, and so it's an old song. God is watching us. God is watching us. He's watching us from a distance. Ava, you should have done that. That would have been so much better. God is watching us from a distance. It's a beautiful song, but boy, is it wrong. See, that's how people view God. He's, in a di- he's distant. The promise of Christmas was actually opposite of that. Is He the God above us? Yes, He is the God above us. He is the Almighty God, the one who created everything? Absolutely. But He didn't want us to know Him as a God far away. So there's a promise that comes with Christmas. He gave us Emmanuel, God with us. Would you say God with us? Say it with me. God with us. There's a second thing. How do I view God? Well, maybe you view God as, is He the God against me? The ancients, I'm sure, thought that every time something bad happened in their lives that they had done something wrong and were being punished. Sound familiar? I think we fall into those same thought patterns. This terrible thing has happened and what did we do wrong? And, and, and why isn't God doing something? Obviously, He's angry at us. And that's such a dangerous line of thought. But they had Scripture. I mean, in Ezekiel twenty-five seventeen, I will execute great vengeance on them and wrathful rebukes. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I lay vengeance upon them. Exodus fifteen seven. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury; it consumes them like stubble. They read these things and thought, "Oh my goodness, God is above us, and He's against us." That's why it's so important that God intervened in time and said, I'm going to send you a Messiah. I'm going to send you some hope. I'm going to send you the promise of Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. Say it with me. God with us. In your life, is He the God above you? Is He the God against you? 
And there's another one that's very common too, is He the God for me. Sometimes we think that when good things happen in our life, it's because I'm so good and God's going to bless me because I do good and I get good things. Uh, we turn God into Santa Claus. And, and that can be a dangerous line of thought too. Although the ancients had Scripture, Malachi 3.10, bring the full tithe into the storehouse and there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you blessings until there is no more need. Deuteronomy 28.1, and if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commands that I command you, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth. And so ancients would read these scriptures and, and, and if they didn't understand the fullness of God, they would think he is the God above us, almighty. And at times he's against us. And at times he's for us. Maybe we can manipulate God to be for us, not against us. What a terrible way to live. And God said, you don't, you don't understand me. You don't know me. So the only way that God could truly make himself known and who he really is is by coming here. He wasn't content for people just to know him as a God above us or against us or for us. He chose to be the God with us. Say it with me. God with us. Romans eight thirty eight and 39, For I am sure that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor debt, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hebrews 13.5 says, God has never, or God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. You have a promise today. Christmas was a promise made to you that God is more than a God above and against and for. All across the nation, people have done things in various parts of Michigan and and our country to be for us. You know, they're for us. And Friday night had so much potential. We gathered together and it was important to be with Some people can claim to be for us today, but it's only those who are with us that make the right difference. God set that example, friends. Some people told me today as they come in, I had to come today. I just had to be with God's people. Don, you said that to me. I just needed to be with. That's the Christmas promise. The wonder of a promise that God knew they wouldn't get me. They wouldn't understand me. They wouldn't know me. They would just revere me and be fearful of me. Instead, he said, I want to be more than that. I want to be a God with them. Is he the God above you? Is he the God against you? Is he the God for you? Or is he who he really is? He's the God with me. Our God has scars. He received them because He came to be in this same cruel world where we live. This life can take your dreams, your health, your loved ones, your ability to figure things out and make sense of it all, but don't let it rob you of the certainty that God is with you. 
you're never alone. And that's a wonderful promise, amen? Everybody say, God with us. I was asked to share a story. I do this carefully. A student at the school recounted her experience of God with us. How God was present even in terrible situations. A girl at Oxford happened to be right there. She was not hit, thankfully, by bullets, but everyone around her went down. She tells me, Pastor, I knew God was with me. And I knew I was supposed to be there. She looked me in the eyes and she said, I'm thankful that it was me. It's because God was with her. This child was able to take a classmate who was shot and pull her into a room. And it's providence that there was an empty room. All the other rooms had been locked down immediately, but there was one room open. It was right there. And she was able to get her classmate into the room She was able to shut the door and lock the door with the locking mechanism. And that's a story of God's provision. A month earlier, a teacher had said, we need to practice shutdowns, lockdowns. And she said, there's a mechanism that locks these doors. You need to be able to use them. And she said to the student, do it. Lock the door. Ten, nine, eight, seven. And and a month ago, the student couldn't lock the door fumbled and failed and the teachers it's okay this is why we do this somebody show her let's make sure she does it a month before the situation she had practiced locking the door she said pastor i knew exactly what to do i pulled the girl into the room shut the door and it was locked immediately she prayed with that girl because god was with her she led that girl to christ while putting pressure on the wound helping her call her mom on her phone And the amazing thing that just grabs me is this child, this young girl is so confident in the fact that she knew that she was supposed to be there. She was thankful it was her because God was with her. And she's here today. Heidi, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being a hero. And thank you for being God's child. We thank you for who you are. I don't share that story lightly, and I did it with permission and after talking about it lots of times. And Heidi's going to share her full story someday. It's not time. But when the time is coming, Heidi will tell her story. May the whole world hear the promise of Christmas. God with us. God never promised us that this world would not bring troubles. God never promised us that he would keep us from all evil. But he promised to be with us. That's why Jesus came. That's why our God has scars. He experienced rejection. He experienced loneliness. He experienced death. He wept at a friend's funeral. He experienced life. So that we would have a God who is with us. Everybody say, God with us. God with us. That's what we have.
You see, the, there is no promise more wondrous, more empowering, or more real than the promise of Christmas. In Jesus, God is Emmanuel. God is with you today, tomorrow, and forever. We exist by fact what has happened to us, what is happening all around us, but we live and thrive and overcome through a promise. Amen? Today you need to know and have confidence in the fact that God is with us. You're not alone. If you don't know God like that, can I offer you the opportunity to know Him? Maybe you've just said, yeah, I'm good with God. He's the God above us. And, and He's the God we better not act up or He'll be against us. Or if, he's, if we're good enough, maybe He'll be for us. No, no, we want you to know the real God. The God who decided that the world was so evil and full of sin that the only thing He could do was send His Son. That's why we love John 3.16 around this church. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son And the creator, the creator of everything became creature. And it always boggles my mind that this, this God of infinite power and almighty was poked by straw when he was a baby. Our God understands pain and he understands hurt and he is with us. Never promise to never let it happen, but He promises that you'll never be alone. And that's the beautiful promise of Christmas. That's the wonder of a promise. I'm going to ask our band to come back up today. We're keeping it short and sweet. You don't need to sit around and listen to people talk. If you need to pray today, Maybe you just need to pray with the people next to you. That's fine. But if you want to meet with somebody to pray, our elders will be up here spread out across the front. Doug sits there. And it's, it's, it's a wonder to pray with Doug. Prayer is offered today as an opportunity for healing. If you're a student or a parent and you just are a staff member at the school and you just don't know where to go from here or you think maybe you need uh, to talk to somebody in a professional way, uh, Kim uh, Speck is here today, a professional counselor, and she's going to be in classroom one, parents or students, uh, you're free to go and to just have a chat with her. Maybe she can give you direction on where to go from here. Our church pays for Christian counseling, the first two sessions, if people need that. We offer that as, as a way. All around the church today, you'll see these cards uh, from the Oakland Resource Crisis Helpline. They're available too. We you don't need to leave today and be alone. Can I say it again? You don't need to leave and be alone. The wonder of a promise is that God is with us and the church is here to be with you. You see, Christmas is about uh, giving. We know that. And, and wouldn't it be sad if all we did was receive? But no, we turn around and give. And so one of the things I failed to say that I'll say in closing is, is I wrote it down. Christmas is not a promise we are meant to receive and experience. It's a promise we're meant to keep. As believers, we are meant to re- represent God with us. Everybody say God with us. In the lives of others. Doing good work and fulfilling God's promise to be with people. <laughs> people who are hurting and lost and confused. 
So what do you do in a time like this? Go be with people. Be with people because you're representing the promise that God gave when he came and said, I'm with you. How do we show that love? We turn around and we go and be with people. Let's not just receive the promise. Let's keep that promise by being God's hands and God's feet and loving people. Love your neighbors. Love your coworkers. Love your family. Love people at Meyer. <laughs> God bless Meyer for who they've been this week. I stood in line trying to get some gift cards to give out in our community. And uh, while I was there, I found out that students who were buying flowers to put on the sign at Oxford were sent to the customer service desk. And they didn't know what they'd done wrong. But when they got there, uh, there's stacks of gift cards to pay for those flowers to give out. Our community is stepping up in ways and so I was able to pay for some girls' uh, flowers and a teddy bear to give out. And, and you just with them. And I got to talk to these two girls, two students, and just say, listen, we're with you. With you. Boy, the power of with. It's a good thing. So don't leave here alone. Don't leave here. There's, there's opportunity for hope and help. The best thing I can offer you today is an opportunity to know this God who is with us. If He's just a God above you, or against you, or for you, then you don't know the real God of the Scriptures. The Bible tells us that if you come to Him in faith and ask Him to forgive you of your sins, He will come in. The promises in Revelation, He says, I, I stand at the door and knock, but if anybody would open that door and receive me, I will come in and be with them. Do you have that God who's with you? Like Heidi gives testimony. That's a real faith. Do you have that kind of faith? If not, you can receive it today. Anybody here today can simply uh, bow their head and close their eyes and say a prayer. God, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life as Savior and Lord. And experience that relationship with the real God who's with us. And He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Let's pray. Father, today the offering has been made to receive the gift of Christmas. Father, if there's anybody here who's never received Jesus into their life and become a real Savior, not just a God of far away, but God, I pray that if there's people here that need that, that they would receive it today and let us know about it so we can help them take next steps. God, help them experience not only a God who's with them, but a church who is with them. God, help our community not just to know about a God that's above them, but help them to know a God who's with them and help us to be the hands and feet. God, help us to be with our neighbors and friends and coworkers. God, help us to show up. God, when we show up and we don't know what to do, help us to pick up trash. Help us to empty trash cans. Help us to deliver food. Help us to just be love. Thank you for the opportunity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Elders, would you come and stand here with us so that we can be available for prayer? Before you play, you're going to throw me off on the song because I want to sing uh, The Lord Bless You. The Blessing? Yeah, I think that's a good key. I want to give you a benediction as the elders come. We do this on communion day. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace.